My name is Steven. The first rule of unarmed combat is don't be unarmed, fire warrior. My name is Mike. He who seizes the moment, he is the right man. Fleet Admiral Hawk. My name is Matt. If you truly do hail from the realm that men once called hell, when you return there, tell your kindred it was Sanguinius who threw you back. The Primarch Sanguinius, as he casts Cabanda down into a pit in one of the most badass scenes in 40k. And we are the Scattered Guys, here talking about Scattered Dice. How are you guys doing? Oh, yeah, you know, all the new news. <laughs> yeah. Something, uh, I think something interesting dropped during Adepticon. It was the new um, uh, Seraphon uh, lizard croxagores. Those were pretty cool. <laughs> Making waves in the 40k area. <laughs> yes. Lots of, uh, lots of proxies that are going to be coming out for those guys, you know. <laughs> we, uh, we have a lot to talk about. Um, if you're listening to us, uh, please remember that uh, you you know, you can help support the podcast by liking us on Facebook and Instagram. And uh, I think our Twitter is still semi-active, or at least it exists. <clears throat> we have a Patreon that definitely exists as well. And once we have someone there, we'll we'll do something about it. Um, and uh, I think that's about it for the pre-talk. So what we're going to do is hop into our hobby updates. So first of all, let's all take a moment of silence and remember Curtis. All right. We've remembered him. Steven, what have you been up to lately? <laughs> Remembering <laughs> Curtis a lot, honestly, it's been making or me sad out for the homie. Yeah. We started printing 3d printing camels and painting them. So mm. my home is slowly filling with memorabilia. Um, <laughs> Honestly, not very much. Uh, I have finished uh, those goblins that I was working on. I finished thirty-six of eighty. Um, oh my! I don't God. know why. When I first <clears throat> when I started like batch painting them, I was like, "This looks like half," and I was like, "No, it's not half." <laughs> I mean, it almost is half, but psychologically, it just didn't. It just bummed me out, man. When I was like opening up the tin and I saw the rest of them in there, I was like, "I don't want to paint the rest of these right now." But hey, I was I gonna got, ask how you got to thirty six. Like, were you doing it in like fours or eights or no? You just a, like grabbed a handful. <laughs> like that's half. So what I did is I got um, I have like popsicle sticks, and then I got this like I found this like two sided tape, and so I put five on each popsicle stick, so I'd paint five at a time and like do like you know all the same color. But I would I mean I'd do all thirty six in a sitting, um. And I could only manage, you know, <laughs> my sanity could only do like all the yellow for 36 and then go do something else because my God. Um, anyway, I don't know why I keep batch painting. I really should just paint single models. <laughs> I always say this, but I, I keep doing it. Um, but yeah, I finished them. It turned out really nice. Got a nice little like, I wanted to do like a simple basing scheme. So it's just like regular looking dirt with some uh, a bunch of different static grass on it that I got from uh gamers grass they make really good static grass tufts different sizes and lengths and stuff and colors so because i was trying to do like a more um like gw-esque basing scheme so they would work on most battlefields 
um, and they looked good. They looked good. I'll have to show you guys pictures later on. Um, and, you know, I haven't really listened to any books. I bought stuff. I bought like supplies. It turns out Hobby Town USA is like double downing on uh, Warhammer. Like, so the one I got into, like they used to have like maybe like a couple random boxes of Warhammer. And I went in there uh, this last weekend and they had like a whole like little section filled with all the new combat patrols. Um, I sent that picture to Matt of the like Japanese, like collector blood angels guys. They had those yeah. of all things. And then they had if like you... <laughs> some really old blisters, like from the nineties of like, those, what are, else? those are pretty cool. I saw, so I guess someone like sold them to the store or whatever uh, to sell them. But, um, so I'll, I'll be going there every once in a while, but I didn't buy any Warhammer there. I just bought, um, some hobby supplies to re up on, stuff if but, any of you can find the tau boarding patrol box in any store nearby i will i will pay you and give you like a jimmy john's sandwich or something like that like something <laughs> close to my heart because i called six stores one was in florida okay and i live in georgia to try and find this. And they were like, no, that's, you know, some dude called and bought all the 18 of them or no, they only got allocated two per store and they immediately got grabbed. But you can find uh, one dude who's got about 80 of them on eBay selling for each about two, <laughs> two twenty a box or something. Oh. Like that. Are they um, gross? Are they not like a regular uh, skew that they're going to be selling or is it just like a one-time release? I don't know. It's I think it's like one of the only combat patrols that's sold out online. Um, you just cannot get them anymore. Sorry, the combat patrol or the boarding patrol? Boarding patrol. Boarding patrol. Okay. Yeah, that's the one with the Farsight model. That was the one. That... Oh, that's why. Because mm, everyone yeah. wants the new Farsight. Yeah. Yep. Um, that makes sense. So, so sorry well, to cut you off there, but if you can no, find you're... it, like, please, yeah. please let me know. I didn't. Now I don't know if I saw. I saw a lot of combat patrols. I don't know if I saw a boarding patrol, but it's sort of nice because I feel like no one's really picked up that this store has it has Warhammer like in in a decent <laughs> member now because mm-hmm. more than anything they had um, yeah they had all the they had the like GW paint rack and they had pretty much all the contrast paints in stock whereas like Texas Toy Soldier here in Dallas didn't have. Um, well, they just sell out quickly because it's a very, very popular store. And whenever I go, they don't have any of the paints I want. But um, that's okay. I don't need more paint also. I have <laughs> I have lots of paint. <laughs> and I can also mix my own. But anyway, that's what I got going. Nothing too exciting. Well, I'll I'll start doing some more stuff with the, uh, the news that we've all received now. So <laughs> I will stop there and let Mike explain what he's been up to. Yeah, mostly just with the craziness between this back and forth, Texas and Ohio, I really just have taken the opportunity to finally really deep dive into the end of the death. And I was super not feeling it for the first, I don't know, maybe like 20% of the book. And then it just takes off. And I was all in and I couldn't put it down. I I mean, I was in my head. I don't want to spoil things too much. I mean, we obviously know where this story is going. Mm-hmm. Um and we knew that the assault, the teleport assault onto the Vengeful Spirit is happening sometime soon. 
I was very curious if it was going to happen in the end of that part one and two or part one or part two. Um, and it was nice to get at least that answer if it was going to happen or not. Um, cause I kept telling myself, you know, one way or the other, like, Oh, it's not going to happen. Or like, Oh, that, now it's gotta happen. Like, I don't know what else I can do <laughs> before they have to just send it. Um, and so it was nice to just like kind of get that and the scenes just get cooler and cooler. And, um, especially just some of the perspectives you get, like the Malkador perspective, I think is really cool throughout it. Um, when Loken starts to get a little bit more involved in everything, um, that's always yep. very exciting. <laughs> like, I was very happy to just, see him take a, take a big yeah. role in the book. And the Fafnir ran parts were excellent. <laughs> I, I liked him and him and Zephon working together. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm a little sad that the the white scar they had was just kind of like a dude. Uh, <laughs> there's Shibun, this Khan? one dude. Uh, I, was it him? Yeah, it wasn't Shibun. No, it was he was in the book dude. at one point, wasn't he? Uh, I think. So. Uh, yeah, yeah, because yeah, he's the one they talk about him because he's he's like in charge of uh, Lionsgate. He has actually a pretty good. Um, yeah, he's got a pretty good role too. He's got a cool moment. Or he utters one of the best lines in in that entire book. Um, yeah, but well, at some so point yeah, no. we have to decide it's okay to talk about spoilers and just talk about all of the details. Well, we should do a book else. review for the yeah. for like yeah. the last couple of books. I think because I think, cause I I think maybe I like, finished it. <laughs> oh, uh, by the way, I stand by this. Once again, we can go into details later, but <laughs> they did they did door dirty. I agree with that. That was, I was like, what? What is that? I don't know about Savelle Rack, yeah. but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I hated that. That, that, I, that's why I didn't bring it up. The Fafnir Rand <laughs> parts were cool. Imperial Fist got some cool stuff. <laughs> Just not the Dord part. Um, yeah, and then the like, the, it's one of the first books I've read personally because I, Long ago started the Horus Heresy books and kind of the main storyline. Um, you know how it branches off, but there's like kind of a core line you can follow. Yeah. Yeah. I started that core back probably in like 2018, 20, maybe even like 2017, 2016. Yep. And right before I met you, Matt. And then they, I, I really kind of stopped. And so I'm, I'm like very familiar with the very, very beginning of the Horus Heresy and the very, very end of the Horus Heresy now. And very little in between. So. Yeah. I just remember, like, I, I haven't read any books with the Emperor's perspective in it. Like, where we're, like, conversation, not perspective, but conversations with the Emperor. Um, and so, so that I'm reading, was really cool for me, too. I'm still reading Master of Mankind. Uh, that mm, book. Yeah. Oh, oh, it's so good. It's so <laughs> good. I think I do. I will almost used it as my quote today, but I, I sent Matt the a little screenshot um, there is a line by a character that is like, that is the most alpha legion thing I've ever heard anybody say. Yep. <laughs> like, wow. They actually printed that. Like that is something I'd say like, to somebody is like 40 K character said it. Like, it's great. <laughs> Did you guys, I think I showed you guys that, that key and peel where they put like the Alpharius over them. It's the double, <laughs> the double agent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're turning on me. I'm turning on you. <laughs> and then I think my other favorite part was the Typhus part. Uh, <laughs> there's like one chapter from Typhus's perspective as they like are preparing like our father's last 
dying breath before for this for now his last dying breath and we will follow it and we will destroy their hope and yada 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 and it's like for we are typhus and because the destroyer hive and all that kind of stuff and i just love too how it'll be like random human perspective space marine perspective or something like that and then it's just like oh look never born and it's like all of the language just turns into like fecundity <laughs> decay yeah like these really weird words Love, mm-hmm. I love when that hard transition comes to the language when they start talking about different demons and stuff like that. No, that's awesome. Yeah, and I think, unfortunately, I'm going to be in Ohio for that tournament on the 15th, so I will no longer be able to go to it. So now I'm looking for the next one, and I'm going to try and open that one up. I'm hopefully going to lock in a more permanent living situation in the month of May and then try and get some more tournaments in before baby girl is born. So that's the plan. <laughs> nice. Um, well, best of luck. Um, and I still have a box of stuff I'm about to send you. Um, I said, I wasn't going to send it to you. I'm sending it to you. Um, so is this the one I'm going to help build? No, no. Got it. It's more of that. Got it. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um, so anyways, it's the, it's the last box actually. Um, yeah. so anyways, um, on my side, uh, once again, I, I read the end in the death, um, and, um, I agree with everything, you know, you were saying, I am, I, to be honest, I'm, I'm not, I wasn't overly wowed by about 50% of the book. The other 50% is just awesome. I stand by the fact that, uh, I think I told both of you in separate conversations that like, the scenes with Horace actually are my favorite. Oh, um, so good. there's, uh, one, <laughs> there's just one part where it just switches and you're like, uh, oh, <laughs> oh, oh, this guy's a nut job. <laughs> Everyone's like um, looking at each other, like side side eyes. Like, yep. Yeah. For real right now? Like, what the fuck? it's that, oh, it's that guy drinking the water meme of like, <laughs> Um, no, That's, it's, it's the dude who ke- he keeps saying the wrong name for yep, yep. <laughs> every time he does it. I'm just like, <laughs> yep. Oh, it's great. It's great. Um, and actually something I'm very excited. And I was like, Oh, um, the scenes with like, you like the scenes with Fafnir. I like those too, but I like them because they have, uh, Dominion Zephon in them. Um, yeah. who is still one of my favorite space Marine characters. Uh, but in that, I don't know if you noticed, but Fafnir starts to notice that uh, Zephon's acting of like all the blood angels are acting a bit weird. And I'm sitting yeah. here being like, Oh, I'm so ready for them to experience the death of Sanguinius and just go insane <laughs> right in front. Of, like I'm going to be heartbroken if Fafnir Rand kills Dominion Zephon um, because he turns into a raging oh, yeah. space vampire. Um, <laughs> but like genetically they, modified, yeah, <laughs> raging space vampire. Um, I'm wondering, like, how many of them like get consumed by? Is it the Black Rage? Uh, like, yes, is that, yes, is that uh, what happens? Yeah, yeah, Red Thirst, Black Rage. Yep. Um. Dang. So when it comes to that, I'm very like, excited. You think world world leaders are scary? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> get a yeah. lot of these guys. <laughs> Um, the, the other part where Cypher, Cypher comes out, um, was pretty good because, uh, Zahariel, um, there's been a lot of like 
rumors throughout the Dark Angel stories that he was Cypher and that he's like current day Cypher. Uh, and I know they just released that new Cypher book as well. So it'd be interesting to see what the connections are there uh, because I, I love that story. Um, and then there's that whole, like, if you've read the book Pandarax, there's like a whole throwaway thing about Cypher in there. He's not even in the book, but there's like some moments in there that you're like, ah, wait, what? Um, <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I read that. And uh, honestly, I haven't, I've just been feeling the books lately. I, I kind of, I went through like six books back to back. And um, so I'm just kind of taking a, a break now. Um, even some of the podcasts I've listened to are just nothing really like, get me hooked right now. Um, and then I worked on um, not a lot. I cleared out a lot of hobby space. I sold a lot of stuff. Um, feel like I'm in a pretty good place right now. Um, and I need to also finish, uh, I have, I built a, uh, the Grim Wrath Berserker for the Fire Slayers. Um, Which one is that? Does he have a mohawk? So he has a mohawk and he's got an ax. Okay. And there <laughs> is fire down. involved. I was, I, was hold, <laughs> I was hoping I would be able to narrow it down. Yeah. Um, I I do find it funny that I <laughs> I was drawn to the the Harle the dwarf Harlequin faction. <laughs> They've got uh, you know what the really confusing thing is all of their names are just like it's kind of like the the Baneblade variants like it's just three words that they just <laughs> like, the Auric Rune Father the Auric how Rune many son, permutations can the, we make the, of this the bearded Rune Father like <laughs> eventually you're gonna have to have a different idea guys. Um, <laughs> I think I told I was I talking like to Steve. Grim Wrath. Like, well, we put Grim in front of Dark, and it works really, really <laughs> well for 40K. So maybe we like find a word to put Grim in front of an Age of Sigmar. It would still be great. People um, love it. I do, I do love these models because I like envisioning the movie 300 with just like a bunch <laughs> of just angry naked dwarves, like in just outrageously thick Scottish accents. Like that whole movie, just all the dialogue's the same, except just like. Gerard Butler getting to be Scottish instead. <laughs> be true to who he is. Yeah. Eventually Hollywood will let him be Scottish again. But um, <laughs> yeah. And then I, I played a couple games um, with my Knights. Uh, so I've been having a lot of fun with them. Uh, I've Crushing played, bugs. I played uh, my buddy's Tyranids. Um, he has been much like the the hive mind itself. He's been evolving. So every game he brings new things and different things have started to happen. Uh, he's, he realized very quickly that I have, that all of my armies have little, <laughs> even the one I'm going towards, have zero things to defend against psychic powers. So um, he, he's like, yeah, I got like eight more Zoanthropes coming your way. And I was like, no, uh -oh. Oh, I hate Zoanthropes. <laughs> yeah. But to be fair, um, there was a discussion about like, well, they've got invuln saves. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to bring so many rail guns. <laughs> um, I hate them because they have more than two wounds. <laughs> if they had two wounds, I would hate them a lot less. But the fact that they have three... That's what oh, why I hate them more That's than true. anything. <laughs> um, and on that note, uh, I I think it's funny because I the the last game we played, I I didn't have a lot of time. It was like kind of a spur of the moment thing. You know, we had some time. Go for it. Well, 
Steven helped get my Valiant ready and I haven't really used it. So I was like, no, nope, Valiant's coming. Castellan's coming. My Errant's coming. Okay, I can put those three things and two Armagers on the table. Cool. <laughs> That's what we're doing. I spent all my CP to just make those three big knights just dumb. <laughs> just <laughs> everything I could possibly give them. Uh, so because uh, Steven has done so much, the, and the Castellan's more of like a shooty guy, um, I'm, I'm naming it after Steven. Um, and because he did the, like the, the Mars and Mechanicus stuff, one side of it is going to be red to, sh and I, I was running him as like a free blade so I could get, um, uh, like the, uh, heel Mechanicus. Um, I actually ran them, I think as house Tyrannus. Uh, and I did that for a very specific reason that we'll talk about in a little bit. <laughs> I was like, I'll just, yeah, I'll just experiment and see what it's like. And, uh, honestly, I didn't see too much difference. Um, other than the fact that like there, the, the whole Knights thing about being honored and virtuous and stuff, it's like secondaries within secondaries, but they yeah. apply bonus. It like, I just don't like it. I think it's cool. Like where they were headed with it. I just think there could be a very much like a simpler way to go about it yeah. rather than having to track CP secondaries, primaries, and then a mini game system as well. <laughs> like, like trying to play the Sims while you're doing 40 K. <laughs> um, so, um, so anyways, uh, it was a lot of fun. He did a lot uh, better because uh, I mean it was, he he'd only like the first time we played he'd only played ninth edition zero times so um, <laughs> I finally harpooned something it was majestic yes! it was a carnifex too hell yeah <laughs> oh good so I just <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, it worked um, I did feel bad because he specifically brings uh, I think it's the terrain effects. Uh, yeah, shooting one. Shooting one. Yeah, uh, bigger he, than a Carnifex. Yep, it's it's got the giant gun on it. Um, he brought it specifically to counter my Castellan, and I got first turn, and he he didn't put it all the way, and I I played super aggressively with my stuff as well, and I just volcano lance, boom, max damage. <laughs> um, I was rolling super hot. To be fair. I put the one gun into that and then everything else into, I think his hive guard. Uh, and I whiffed on every other gun <laughs> on that thing, but the, the volcano <laughs> Lance, I just boom. Um, is he running them with the five up invul? Uh, is he giving the so. big bug a five up invul? Oh, okay, I don't think so. Fine. He never um, wins that firefight. <laughs> he loses that firefight yeah. every time. So well, you should just um, run the flamer and melt armagers. <laughs> well, so yeah, the armagers, the armager, uh, the shooty armager got into a fight with uh, a brood lord, and it did not go well. <laughs> uh -oh, <that's> funny. <laughs> um, which is that's yeah, like AP minus six. <laughs> yep. What? <laughs> yep. No, it just <laughs> why? Um, yeah. So. Uh, so there was that, and it was, but it was good. I felt really bad because um, right as I started to kind of get put on the back foot, I had to go. Uh, so I conceded. <laughs> How convenient. Um, yeah, I know it's a little bit sketch, but 
it was good. It was a good game. Sweaty power gamer. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, I'm losing. <laughs> Bang. So, no, no, it was it was fun. He's a great sport. He's he's helping me out, and uh, it's finally nice to have someone at work again who I can just sit and talk 40k with. So that's pretty nice. And and he's interested in Age of Sigmar too. So nice. You know, you find find that ability. And it's it's great. Um, and there's so it's such a big population here of people who who play. So I really want to get out and do it. And I think that's about it. Uh, the big announcement that I made before we started was that I was switching to Tau. So I am. I will be. I will become the terror. I will be. I will become <laughs> death, the destroyer of fluffy games. Um, <laughs> I uh, I literally checked the date when you told me, like, is it still April Fool's? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a fair point. Uh, I, so, little background for you, Mike. Uh, so, Steven was there back in the day. Tau was actually going to be my first army. Way, way back. Way, way back. Yep. Uh, Steven, had a, Steven had a Tau, a fourth edition Tau codex in his basement. And was like, oh, yeah, these guys are these. And I was like, oh, they're so cool. This is awesome. And then I don't know what happened specifically on why or why this happened. But another person we were hanging out with who was supposed to be getting Imperial Guard and was constantly, like, tra talking trash about everybody else other than Imperial Guard, just showed up with a Tau army one day and was like, I'm a Tau player. Um, and I was like, nope, I don't want to be like this guy at all. And that was it for me. And I think that was also, Steven, I think that was when you gave me, like, the the Space Marine starter set. And you were like, here, paint these up, Matthew. I think you're right, yeah. And it was Was that Space the beginning Marines. of your... Is that the beginning of your special snowflake need? I guess it um, was. <laughs> was that no the one first else played instance? Space Marines? Honestly, I mean, <laughs> I had Space Marines, but I played mm -hmm. orcs primarily, and then Kurt was guard. Liam was that was not the special out. snowflake because we lived in our own little environment. I was my big concern back then was always about like. I wanted I wanted to know the background. I'd wanted to know what everybody's every single model's name was. I wanted to know why we were here. Um so and it was I the was start of the lore fixation. Oh yeah. I was very upset <laughs> when my single space marine couldn't stand atop the mountain of dead bodies, just like <laughs> gunning people down. Um I I once I was like, I had a land raider with terminators and a chaplain in it. And I was like, Oh, this would be this is just like the Ultramarines book. This is great. Nah, they just got gunned down by fire warriors <laughs> in the middle of the field. <laughs> I was so upset. Um, and speaking of fourth edition, let's talk about everything revealed at Adepticon. <laughs> Primarily, 10th edition 40k. It's happening. Mike, hit us with the... Oh, I don't think I have that one. Oh, Fun okay. fact, we did discover that we have access to a media board. <laughs> so I will, instead of that, <laughs> retroactively give you...
The lion was also revealed. A drum roll. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, let's uh, let's talk about some uh, Adepticon reveals. What were your guys' overall reactions to just everything there? <laughs> Obviously, tenth edition was announced. The lion, some some pretty cool stuff for Age of Sigmar, and I a book for Horus Heresy. So. Uh, they had to well, <laughs> stop remaking uh, tanks to publish a book. Yes, good. So, well, first, what did you guys think of the trailer? When I watched uh, it again, the like, I too, and I could see things, it was pretty cool. Yeah, I, only, I, only, I only watched it on YouTube. So I didn't I did have like, to go with the live. It's like the Battle of Winterfell all over again. Yeah, <laughs> well, I did, I did have flashbacks to that. The Battle of Winterfell. I was not happy about that either. It took me to <laughs> critique it. Literally, dark too places. dark to see it. <laughs> um, yeah, no, but it was I cool. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, um, I, I wanted to ask you guys if if you sort of felt like you saw the um, influence of the like uh, the Astartes uh, guy in his animation. It was like a little I, bit more I, punchy, you know what I mean? Like, like yeah, I would agree with like that. Like in the start, uh, to to be honest, you know what I? Okay, so first of all, have you have you seen Gilliman's speech from the trailer? Like someone, uh, some people wrote out his speech. Yeah, it's fantastic. Pretty grim in the dark. Yeah, I yeah, it. it's super. Oh, it's exactly what I want. <laughs> yeah, because I I heard him talking and I was like, oh okay, and then it then it. Like the whole like our lies won't save us. I was like, oh, yeah, we're getting real now. This is the good stuff. <laughs> Get real, women in the dark. Yeah, depressed well, Gilliman's and... my favorite character. <laughs> <laughs> well, He's like... like they. Somebody had to point out to me that that was like Sanguinius's tomb or something like that. Um, at one point he's like kneeling in front of like. I thought the that's the eternity. That shows... I think that's the eternity. I thought it was supposed it's to be a, the eternity. It's the silver door. Yeah. The... Oh, I thought I could have sworn I saw something where they were like because Sanguinius doesn't it, it's have even a... harder when it's Sanguinius. Uh, so I think that's an image of Sanguinius because Sanguinius. I'm pretty sure. I don't know if this has been updated or not, but I'm pretty sure he's in a sarcophagus, like on ball, because there was a yeah, there's a whole I... thing about like uh, there was like they stole his his sarcophagus because they were going to try to clone him. It's Fabius Bile mm -hmm. did. I, and I'm pretty sure at the end of that book, there's like a heartbeat or something like that. Um, now, according to, never mind. I was going to say, according to Reddit, <laughs> it is Sanguinius's tomb. And then the first comment is according to Warcom, it is the gate to the Emperor's throne room. So yeah. <laughs> it's it's the uh, second Damn it, Reddit, you failed me. gate of eternity, right? Because the actual gate of eternity is like a kilometer high. Yes. Or whatever. Um, this yeah, one think, has the yeah, Emperor on it. Like asking that dude to like be subjugated. <laughs> yes. Um, yep. Silver door. Yep. The... Um, which uh, actually was referenced in the the one of the it, uh, the last time we saw the silver door in the heresy was during the siege of terror uh, Vulcan. Remember, he's looking at it and he's like looking at the depiction mm. of the emperor and everything like that. Yep. 
Um, good catch there, Steven. Uh, yeah, no, I didn't, I didn't think. So here's my problem with the trailer. And I know I'm always the critical one, but they've now brought the whole, we're going to, cause like when the, f- when the ninth edition trailer dropped, it was very like, here's assault intercessors. They're in your face. This was like odd cam, like camera angles. So it's not like, look at all these cool new models. It was like, get, it was literally like room and rumor engine, the video. Yeah. Like <laughs> we're going to show these guys toes. And you just get to guess what it is. Yeah. You get to see a uh, Gravis apothecary briefly before he gets ripped apart. <laughs> yeah. But, only, but you can only see him six days after this trailer when you can turn up the brightness and the clarity and then eight months from now, we'll reveal the model. Yeah. I really like the dreadnought though. Once again, yeah. dreadnought in a video, my favorite part. Yep. Um, yep. No, the I, big brain tyranids triggered me back to the zoanthrope <laughs> discussion. <laughs> the big brain psychic tyranids made me. Yeah. That, uh, that, that poor, poor Terminator librarian did not last very long. <laughs> So when I saw that, I was like, oh, it's a Terminator librarian. I didn't even realize, and I looked back on it, that model is literally just the updated old Terminator librarian, like the old yep. pewter, like standing there, like, ah. <laughs> which is pretty cool, which is pretty cool. And that Space Marine, the captain in Terminator armor, that's like straight out of Space Hulk, straight out of Space Hulk. Mm. Um, so definitely some cool stuff there. Once again, not. I, I was excited because I was hoping we were going to see some like really cool looking tyrannic war vets as well. And then I just kept seeing more and more Phobos armor. And now we've got <laughs> Call of Duty March for McCrag going on. <laughs> yeah, I continue to be disappointed with the proliferation of Phobos armor. Mm-hmm. <sighs> So, I was upset the lion wasn't in the trailer. I thought that I, was going to get. Revealed. I legitimately I was thought the whole time, like, I, I, legit, <laughs> I legitimately thought you were gonna, you were about to. See, yeah, it turns out the lictor, like the the kill the apothecary in the in the jungles, the lion. <laughs> Surprise. Um, I no, I legitimately thought you said you were about to say I was really disappointed the lion wasn't in Phobos armor. I was going to be like, you shut no. your mouth. <laughs> Tactical Lionel Johnson. Oh. <laughs> He's doing the little like the little like hang ten <laughs> operator AF. He's wearing Oakley's. Yeah. Oh, Got a grunt style t shirt on. Yep. <laughs> Charlie don't surf. Anyways, um <laughs> So yeah, uh let, let's talk about that. Um so the lion. So the lion got revealed. Yeah. I didn't, I'm going to be honest, I didn't know there was a whole, like, tree and, like, nature woodsy thing. <laughs> I didn't know that was a thing. And maybe uh, it's because I haven't read, like, any Dark Angel or Lion books. But Yeah. It, it's honestly, just be... other than, like, the background lore, it's not really represented in, like, the models or anything. Everything else no. is, like, in a, in a church in space. <laughs> and you're wearing robes. <laughs> none of, the, none so, of which really mesh with the uh, forest, so. Yeah, so. It's, like, forest walk, like. What? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Caliban was a death world. Um, and it's essentially supposed to be like this European dark forest where just like 
everything like there's bears there but they're like chaos mutated bears so it literally talks about how like uh, like the depictions the tigers of it too uh, there's everything there's the, literally like that's the, the lion tigers, the tigers and, bears. and bears oh, oh my, my. <laughs> yeah so that was the whole thing was like the lion was found when he was like essentially a preteen having just like been out in the forest just living it up <laughs> um so like imagine the jungle book thing um well imagine jungle book meets like the doom guy where just like <laughs> instead of him like riding baloo he's made out like a like a canoe out of baloo or something like that <laughs> Canoe out of Baloo. <laughs> the Baloo well, episode of things I didn't want know I wanted to see in 40k. Oh no. <laughs> um, but like that's the whole that's the whole like reason the the whole like Luther betrays them and everything because the lion rises up. All of Calibanite society is about like living in castles, terrified about monsters, and going and like slaying the monsters. And that's your entire life. Um, and then the lion rises up and is like, you know, it'd be great if we just like killed all of the monsters and people could go outside and not be terrified about being <laughs> eaten by everything. Um, and so he does it. Um, and in doing so enrages a whole bunch of people. Cause they're like, nah, we liked it that way. And, um, <laughs> sure you did. then the emperor comes and is like, cool forest. How about I just industrialize it? And he's like, cool. <laughs> I'm off to do things in space. Um, <laughs> And so that's that's the whole thing is like when Luther rebels, he does so for Caliban, not for Chaos or Horus or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, like I knew that. Um, but anyways, less on that. But yes, so uh, he is called the the son of the forest in like in Heresy. That's one of his titles. And so they kind of brought that back. To be honest, didn't know that that one kind of took me by surprise. Like everything else in the like article that revealed him makes a lot of sense, and like then they were like. And forest walk instead of just like teleport strike. <laughs> yeah, forest walk. <laughs> yeah, he. Uh, so the one thing that I guess well, I kind of felt was meh was okay. So to be honest, I wasn't a huge fan of the model. Um, uh, objectively, I think it's a good model. I think I was talking to you guys about how it just reminds me too much of the Judicar model. Yeah. And oh, I wasn't a big yeah, fan of that one either. That set. Yeah. Um, I don't like how he's got his robe half on. Like that would that'd feel awkward. Um, but uh, yeah, the, the shield feels weird. He's in like in all of the heresy, he never once uses a shield. So it kind like of everyone's getting he's like a... bits and bobs of the emperor's stuff. Gilliman gets the I sword. Hope. He gets the shield. <laughs> uh, the Vulcan gets the gun, I guess, and then or no, Doran gets the gun, and then uh, yep. Uh, Jagatai Khan gets, gets the his armor. boots. <laughs> oh, yeah. is it the yeah. Vulcan gets everything but the boots? <laughs> <laughs> it's just someone. I just like someone just boots. He gets his brooch. <laughs> <laughs> this is his cod piece. <laughs> um, there was nothing left. Sorry. Um, even Korax got cooler stuff than me. He's a demon. Yeah, he gets the, the cloak. <laughs> but um, but yeah. So um, 
I do I do like the fact that they aged him, to be honest. I thought that was a nice touch. Uh more so on the lore Which side. Which head is I, your favorite? Uh to so his face in the age. I I like the hood with the head underneath it. With his mm-hmm. like the face. I love big fancy hats in all of Warhammer. They're like dire Avengers. Those are my guys. <laughs> um, like dark angels, everyone who's got great hats. Like I'm all about them. I really don't like his winged helmet. I think it's, <laughs> I, I do not like really? it. It looks like, it looks like if Pippin had like a inferiority complex in, <laughs> in <laughs> Lord of the Rings. Okay. Uh, I just, I don't, I don't like it. Um, I really like the, the hood and the, uh, the, the face underneath. Um, I think, Mm. I do think the helmet and the hood looks good as well. That, although, does he take the wings off and then put the hood on? Like, you just have the wings tucked away somewhere for later? uh, They're collapsible. (laughs) They'd like telescope (laughs) out. (laughs) Um, I, to be honest, I really just wanted more of his 30 K model translated over to 40 K with some like updates and stuff. Yeah. Mm. I, I like all the callbacks to that. It's, it's a personal preference. I, objectively, it is a really good model. It's a beautiful model. It looks outstanding. It looks menacing. You're facing against that and you know anything about the lion. You're just like, well, <laughs> time to send people to die to slow him down. <laughs> and speed bump, speed bump, speed bump. <laughs> he, he made the best, anti-Angron memes ever. (laughs) (laughs) Here comes Lionel Johnson with the chair. (laughs) Um, so yeah, uh, Steven, what are your, what are your thoughts on the lion? Yeah, no, I think it's a, it's a really nice model. Um, I prefer the helmeted versions. I don't know why, but like, I know he had a beard when he was in 30 K, but I just, I just keep thinking he's Dorn for some reason. I don't know why. He just <laughs> imagines how I would think Dorn would look when he's old. But I don't know. Blondes, I guess they just they look the same. Them too. Um, he looks but- like Tywin <laughs> Lannister. <laughs> I think he that's does. why I love yes. it. <laughs> I, yeah, I. It's so uncanny. I I I like it, but it also just ruins it because I'm like Tywin. What are you doing, dude? What are you doing? You're in the wrong game. Being a space badass is what he's doing. Yeah, but that paint job of his face is like very, very oh, it's, good. Oh, it's it's, it's crazy. I but mean, the whole model is obviously very good. But um, whoever the teams for both, like across all of their systems, who are doing all the like box painting, like the the heavy metal the model painting. Team. Yeah, the heavy metal team. Those guys need to be given like a raise because they're knocking, <laughs> like. Everything that comes out these days. I like the paint that job. The is... paid employees, but I know that's not the case at all. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> the uh, what do you guys think about the stat line and like the rules at least that were released? I honestly, could not uh, care. Fair less because <laughs> yep. the edition's right around the corner. I don't care. Yep. Like <laughs> exactly. That's fair. I feel like a lot of it will carry over very similar, though. Sure. I mean, like, it sounds like <laughs> Steve, we'll get more. Steven, sure. I mean, <laughs> we'll get, I've been told we'll get that more before. to the 10th edition rules. We'll get more to the 10th edition rules later, but I, I don't know. Like, he's got nine wounds, and I assume that won't change as far as, like, you can hide him, right? Like, you can That's use a thing, yeah. Terminators to prevent him from just ever getting shot, which is kind of nice. 
You know, you um, could use a unique bodyguard to do the same thing. <laughs> oh, could. wait. He doesn't have one. Hey, they're painted differently, Matthew. <laughs> they literally, I feel like the fact that they just use Blade Guard, like, they were like, oh, we got to push out the Lion's Guard. Where are they? And the guy's like, oh, I definitely didn't do those. And so they ran <laughs> in the room and got the three Blade Guard they painted for some, like, promotional art. And we're like, Lion Guard. Yeah, I mean, I like the idea of them being, like, swords and shields. Because, like, of course yeah. they're going to be, because he has that. But... Yeah, like literally, even like a head swap would have been appreciated. But they literally could have taken the Deathwing companions from 30k and just like control alt grow and like do the Primaris knee pads, <laughs> and then like here you go, and people would have lost their minds at how awesome that would have been. You're not wrong. Are they literally the same models? They are. Yeah. No, yeah, I okay. think there's a couple of nope. They, additions, no, they're the same. Nope. I just looked they at the blade guard have, box set. They have zero. Yeah. That that is the out of the box blade guard. They don't even have an upgrade sprue. Like they didn't the, even like put... wrist chain. That's not. That's in the regular blade guard. Mm-hmm. I didn't think those like ta- like the the guy oh, on the far left. Pistol. Yeah, he's got like a wrist. Yeah, it looks like a the... rosary. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's on the that's on the standard ones. Well, I know the guy pointing oh. is is literally out of the box. He's on yeah. the No, artwork. no, they they are. I I I built a box of Blade Guard. Yeah, I only ever had the ones that came in the set. The like Oh yeah, it's box there. set I that came out. The, sprue. So. the little rosaries oh. on the gun. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, that's real disappointing. So they're even they're the the Lion's unique bodyguard are less upgraded than those Space Wolf the the Hounds of Morkai that came out, which was just a Reaver squad with a Space Wolf upgrade sprue in there. <laughs> I was hoping, like we had talked about, that it was just going to be like a horde of Watchers in the Dark. His unique transport is that Jawa truck. <laughs> You know how walking through the trees. He's got a Jawa truck. You know how serious I am against the, uh, about the lore and like being in it. But if 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 he just had Jawas with him, like legitimate Jawas, <laughs> not even watches in the dark, just Jawas. Yeah, just... Like we stole these from Disney. Come get us, George Lucas. <laughs> like I'm like, let's go. But no, he's he's cool. Uh, I'm sure lots of Dark Angels fans are very happy. I think, hey, one more Primark, so you yep. know we're getting we're getting closer <laughs> to having equal sides um, representation. One step chaos closer and, to Dorn well, and Jack and the Con. That's what I see. Yeah, honestly, who's going to be less options this for point? the next one? We'll have to see. It's going to be. I think it's going to be um, Lehman Russ. Yeah, it's got to be. Is he going to be a wolf? The Ven- so. <laughs> A long Ooh. time ago, they put out that he's going to be like the Marathi of 40k. Okay, so, so when there's a full moon, Age he's going to tra- transform. Yep. <laughs> so in in Age of Sigmar, Marathi starts off normalish and then can turn into like a big giant snake monster, and and like there's different stat lines and there's different reasons yeah. why you keep both of them. And someone said that russ is like odin russ where like he doesn't have an eye he's got the spear and he's like old and everything and then like you can turn him into a giant wolf 
or werewolf. That'd be thing. cool. Yeah, which Is I it... would be a hundred fun, like totally down with. Yeah, that'd be fun. Have fun uh, explaining that to the Inquisitors, but sure. <laughs> what are they gonna do? And they're like, I don't know. How I feel. <laughs> uh, the biggest they're part told to keep their feelings to themselves because that's a primark. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> to be honest, what I'm most excited for is like literally in the last six months, I finished reading the whole Unremembered Empire trilogy or set of books from the Horus Heresy. So like the fact that there was a whole thing about the lion thinking that Gilliman had like kind of taken power for himself <laughs> and then just like waking up and be like, what's going on? Gilliman's in charge. Not on my watch. Like <laughs> not again. When I saw his model, I literally just saw him just like walking towards Gilliman and him being like, look, this isn't my fault. And be like, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> No, no, no. Look at these priests. Yeah, priests. <laughs> yeah. They worship dad. Oh, yeah. Everyone here is about to die. Someone give me my sword. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, to be honest, I think I think it, uh, what's going to happen is that Gilliam's going to be like, oh, you're back. And he's going to be like, I hate everything you're doing, but I know why you're doing it, but I'm not a part of it. And he's just going to be like, I'm taking the Dark Angels. I'm making a legion again, and we're going to go kick butt in the north. See you never. Just leave. Thanks what for the shield. He just takes the shield. I'm taking this too. <laughs> but what are what are his thoughts on Primaris? I, I uh, to be honest, he I apparently think... likes them because they're his lion guard. Yeah, <laughs> I guess fair. Yeah, okay. <laughs> GW has said they are the best <laughs> according to the line. Um, the real question is. Can Lionel Johnson fit in a Land Raider? Because he can fit in a Land Raider in 30k. Oh my gosh. And then Primaris won't be able to. Oh my god. I hope. I pray that that is true. Um, same with Gilliman. Like, he literally, by definition, he should be riding around in Land Raiders. There's. Literally, the Primark book starts with him riding around in the cupola of a Land Raider. <laughs> and, like, they're not, like, chaos-infused demon Primarchs who've gotten, like, bigger over the years. They're still the same size. Yep. Gilliman is the exact same size per yep. stasis. <laughs> Maybe the lion will finally see custodies getting into Land, <laughs> land Raiders and be like, those guys are bigger than you. And the Primark's being like, no, nah, it's not going to work. <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> it could never work, sir. <laughs> USB-C versus USB-A connections. Like, hey, we, we, the seatbelts, like, we can't click. <laughs> I see it being more like trying to jam something in. <laughs> in, in, insufficient, insufficient thumbs. <laughs> oh, um, so, uh, so anyways, so there's the lion. Uh, mostly positive, a few nitpicks here, but that's kind of what I'm here for. Um, eventually, Mike, one of these episodes, you're going to have to be the guy who finds the negative um, in a role reversal. Mean? Oh, shit. Yeah, okay. I, mean... I figured out why I can't go on Land Raiders. It's because it's, they were designed by Arkan Land, and Belisarius Call probably fucking hates him. <laughs> wait, wait, <laughs> but isn't... Isn't land no one of creation of mine? <laughs> not going that, go that poser lands vehicle. <laughs> Get that out of here. You can Isn't, ride in this um... repulsor executioner. 
<laughs> isn't uh, isn't Land one of the brains in Belisarius Call? I don't think so. Isn't that one of his like like cult? It's like him routines or something. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. In that case, we should not be calling him Belisarius Call because that's just Land, dude. <laughs> <laughs> like land just took over. Land, yeah, <laughs> it's all front. Land would definitely just take over. He's um, maybe I could have sworn he's like an amalgamation of all those people. Oh, he has a solar atomizer, which is similar to that pistol he has in 30k when he absolutely smokes that imperial fist with. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> um. So, anyways, sorry. Um, tangent. <laughs> no, no, all good. Um, okay, Mike. What other, whatever, what else was revealed at uh, Adepticon? Well, uh, as far as Adepticon, there was the new edition, the Lion stuff, including the Arcs of Omen Lion book that's going to come out. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the like climax book, I guess, and it's going to see Lion versus Angron, which all about it. Love me some Primark on Primark. Yeah, love me some Primark on Primark. Still not. I mean, I don't know. I guess there's got to be something about, like, I need more I need more substance on, like, what he's been doing for, you know, 10,000 years. Because, like, with Gilliman, right? Like, Gilliman lost to a demon Primarch. He came back, and suddenly he can go almost toe-to-toe. Like, yeah. Eh. Like, the demon Primarchs are supposedly stronger, right? And maybe there's some negative sides to the whole chaos thing, but, like, he straight up lost, and it, like, wasn't even close. And then he goes into stasis, and then he comes out, and now he can go toe-to-toe with another demon prime. And granted, like, Fulgrim is theoretically better than Mortarian in combat, but, like, eh. It <laughs> was be, always kind of my thought on that. Like, To be fair, he does lose that battle, and the Emperor has to directly intervene. Yeah, I guess that's true. I'll say it's... deus ex machina, uh, but it's more <laughs> of, like... They keep writing themselves in the corners and have to be like, uh, never mind. <laughs> yeah, well, and like, and the lion is a better duelist and fighter than Gilliman. So like, but mm-hmm. also then it's like Angron. And granted, he got spanked a couple times in the Siege of Terra series, but he had just ascended. Now it's been 10,000 years. <laughs> Theoretically, he's a little less like wobbly knee syndrome. Uh, yeah. trying to like put in there. So I don't know. I'm really curious how that's going to all turn out. So um, I think, I think it'll be interesting. Like you said, Mike, to, to see how that all turns out. Um, and I think, you know what, at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's another primark to the setting. Like Steven said, it's a great addition. Um, and you're never, ever going to make everybody happy with that stuff. No. Yeah. Um, so with that being said, Mike, if you can just do a like really quick, very, very bottom line up front synopsis of everything we know about 10th edition so far, very quickly, and then we'll we'll talk a little bit at it, and then we'll we'll kind of close it out today, because I know that uh, we've been making these episodes long, which is good, but um, there's, uh, there's other things afoot, so. Yes, so... I think the first thing is just like as a big overarching theme, they are going with the goal uh, and the catchphrase is simplified, not simple. The idea is that is 10th edition will be easier to follow um, less books, less pages, all of that. But the game is not easier or simpler. 
It is just easier to play the game, but the game still has the organic, the normal organic complexities. And so some of the ways you see that is like the way army building is going to be is just straight up. You pick your battle size, you pick your roster, you pick your faction. When then I guess there will be detachment rules and you know, there'll be some sort of set. And there sounds like there'll be factions of specific ones. And then some general ones, you pick that detachment rule, you pick your units and you go. And when it comes to picking your units, it's one character, at least one max epic hero. And so that's like things like Gilliman, um, or now the lion or like a demon primarch. And then up to three, it's still the rule of three. Except for troops, it's rule of six. Um, and that's it. And there's no other restrictions. Which is, honestly, in my opinion, really, really cool. <laughs> I know I was talking with my wife about it because she plays Eldar. And, like, now she can just take all of the fun stuff in Eldar. And she doesn't have to take, if she doesn't want to, a bunch of Guardian Defender squads. Who are just going to sit there and do nothing besides take one snap, you know, pot shot with their weapon platform every turn. Because they're holding a backline objective. And now that kind of takes us into the next thing that they kind of got into, which is like the new uh, data sheets and like stat lines. And that they have added something to incentivize still taking troops in that there are no rules <laughs> uh, detachment. And that is a, a stat now called OC or objective control which is just going to be when you're essentially counting how many models are on an objective, you add up the total OC. Um, and so troops, generally speaking, are probably going to have a value of like two or three. So they essentially count double. Um, whereas things like Terminators and Elites are probably going to have one. Um, and so you'll see things like troops are still better at holding objectives, just built into their stat line. No special rules or nothing like that. It's not just a stat. Um, some other stat line things that changed... Weapon skill, ballistic skill, and strength have all gotten moved down into weapon profiles rather than on the main thing, main stat line. And the idea is there is you're not looking at your stat line, looking at the weapon profile, and then going back to the normal stat line, trying to figure out, like, wait, how strong is this attack? How many attacks do I get? Now what's the AP? And you're just bouncing back and forth. Instead, it's just you look at the weapon profile and you know what dice you have to roll and what rolls you have to get. So I think, personally, I think that's a great change. It's just one of those just yeah. quality of life things. It's <laughs> It also really interestingly allows for a different way to balance and to adjust that. So now a weapon like a Power Fist that normally has a, a it'll say in the just notes on the Power Fist, like, gets minus one to hit when they attack with a Power Fist. Instead, it'll just be weapon skill four instead yeah. of weapon skill three. It's just a built-in that you're not adding or subtracting nothing. You're just looking at the number. It's so <laughs> it's much like better. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the other big change was leadership. Um, and so leadership is now a value, and whatever it is, you have to roll 2d6 and score higher. So Space Marines, which I think usually like an intercessor had a leadership of 8, mm. unless I'm going crazy. Um, and now, and it used to be you rolled 2d6 and you had to get less than what it or Oh, gosh. I'm going to screw this up now because I'm looking at the new rules. Less, less than or equal to. <clears throat> less than or equal to what you rolled on a D6. Yep. After subtracting for attrition yep. and stuff like that. Yep. Now it's just there's a value and you roll 2D6, you got to get higher. And so the uh, average on 2D6 is a 7. So anything greater or, excuse me, anything less than 7 is a good leadership. And everything greater than 7 is a worse leadership. 
um, if because seven is the most likely result on two dice. Mm -hmm. So intercessors now have leadership of six, which is less than seven, and therefore more or less likely to be rolled. Um, and so it's it's a better leadership, and I think that's another quality of life thing. Like it's just less adding and subtracting. Yeah. It's just it's just a number, and you got to roll. And so I think that's a good example of how it's streamlined and simpler, but the game, as far as like decision-making as, you know, quote unquote, the general in charge of an army or something like that, you are still having to make a lot of those decisions. It's just the way that you process those decisions and the actual abilities, it's a lot simpler now. Um, and then the last kind of thing they revealed so far is they gave us a whole ass Terminator data sheet. Yeah. Um, kind of gives us the whole big look at what a data entry will look like. Um, so you can see the stat line, um, and then it has a breakdown of ranged weapons with all of the stats that now includes ballistic skill. Um, and then it has melee weapons, which includes all the stats from including attacks and weapon skill. Um, and then it looks like, similar to Horus Heresy, weapons can now have special rules. For example, the Chain Fist melee weapon for Terminators has an anti-vehicle three-up ability. And they actually explained that one, even though that's not the one I really wanted to see. Uh, whatever devastating <laughs> yep. wounds is, yep. sounds that's really what, cool. <laughs> that, that's what I thought yeah. you were going to say. <clears throat> uh, but anti-vehicle, like three, just means like if you roll a, a three-up to wound and you're targeting a vehicle specifically, it's just out of wounds rather than having to deal with toughness and all that kind of stuff, which is cool. And it's a, another simplified way. And it's not like you're reading that somewhere else. It's like, okay, if I'm using this weapon, these are the rules that matter. Uh, and then there's another section for abilities. Um, and they have like ones tied to stratagems. And it looks like they're going to use them as a way to like, a lot of stratagems are now going to be inbuilt into data sheets. Um, and there's just going to be less like of things available or abilities on data sheets are going to let them essentially get stratagems for free. So, for example, the Terminator squads have teleport homers, which makes sense. Um, also, one of the things shown in the 10th edition video, right, was the teleport yep. homer slamming down and the lights coming up. And uh, so teleport homer lets you set up for a Terminator squad a little token somewhere on the board, and that is the homer. And then you can choose to, once per battle, target the unit with a rapid ingress stratagem for zero CP. So one, for free. Um, and two, they revealed Rapid Ingress Stratagem, which is essentially at your, the end of your opponent's movement phase, you can deep strike to that teleport armor, um, yeah. which is and, really cool. And one thing I wanted to note about the that stratagem is how they, they formatted it, where they have a nice when, target, effect, and restrictions. So you can just easily oh, yeah. pick through the information and find out like what's going on. Whereas like, mm -hmm. you don't have to read the yeah. paragraph every time, you know? Yep. <laughs> Trying well, to figure out just I, the relevant details. <laughs> I think also the, like, if you, like, looking through the different... Right, keep going, Mike. Keep going. We'll, we'll kind of... Well, and, like, really the last thing is, it looks like uh, there's going to be things like, uh, if they have, like, invulnerable saves or something like that, like, for <laughs> these Terminators, it, like, doesn't, it doesn't have, like, a section where it's, like, uh, Crux Terminatus and then, like, a description and then, like, for a pinball. It just straight up says invulnerable save four plus. <laughs> so that's, which I, you know, I think that's a nice, another just quality of life change. I appreciate the lore. I like the lore. I want it. I don't need it in the data sheet. The yeah. whole rest of the codex mm -hmm. for lore and story and that kind of stuff. I don't need it when I'm just trying to roll dice. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's another really good change. Um, 
Steven, what are your what are your thoughts on all the tenth stuff we've been seeing? Yeah, I mean, I've been liking everything I've been seeing. To be perfectly honest, um, I'm really appreciative of these new data cards they're doing. Um, I, mm-hmm. The idea of just, just having yeah, or even yeah, and the well, it being free, which is a pretty big thing to do. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, at the beginning, we'll see how the the big. The big question mark for me is what the codexes are going to be about and what those are going to look like. Mm-hmm. Um, but hey, we don't have to pay for indexes, guys. I mean, it sounds like you can pay f- for some cheap, like physical data cards. And, you know, if it's like a pack of like all the Space Marine ones for like 20 bucks or something like that, then that's not too, too bad. Um, <laughs> I feel like there just are some out. armies where it's good, <laughs> some where it's like, really? Yeah. And- <laughs> There's six Harlequin entries. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we'll have to see how they uh, parcel them out, you know, whether it's just like <laughs> by faction, like Xenos and all the other ones. Mm-hmm. But anyway, hey, but that, that'll also all be on the on the app, um, along with the rules and how to make your armies and all that. So I'm looking forward to that. Didn't they I say think... a revamped app, too? Yeah, it's going to be mm-hmm. a new app, which I was talking to Matt. I'm like, maybe that's why the they haven't really like done anything to like fix the current app is because they just put the intern on like keeping that one alive. And then the actual team is working on the new one. Um, but no, uh, yeah, this is great. I, I was even more pleased once, uh, you Matt shared the new Terminator, uh, data card and like literally everything's there. Like these guys sound like they're going to be Terminators. They're Toughness 5 now. Yeah. They weren't before, right? They were still Toughness 4? No. Yep. And Although 4 plus that is vulnerable gives save. me a lot of concerns. <laughs> well, it sounds like a lot of things are going to just not want to die, which will make Death Guard very interesting. Because so, it'll be like, we yeah. just well, So that's why I'm concerned. I'm not going to get Toughness 6. I'm not going to get Toughness 6 Terminators. I'm going to get Toughness 5 Terminators, and that's going to make me mad. Oh, but there's <laughs> going to be a rule for Death Guards like... When the rules say remove this model from play, no, don't, <laughs> don't, just don't. Laugh at your opponent. I think I would be okay <laughs> if that happened. Drink their tears, like I the cartman. Well, so give me the tears, but I could do it. Um, if they continue the trend with this, at least. So I, I noticed something else for some about his data stuff. card. Look at his weapon. There's almost no AP. Which is great. But that being said, I'm assuming Devastating Wounds is something. I um, think Devastating Wounds is probably Rend, you know? Yeah. I think, it's I think like, that's what it's going to be. Yeah. Is, is the... Nat six if you get a natural six, six, yep. Or a, increase the AP by one or something like that. Well, you know... Oh, yeah, you know what? Like, I was about to say, like, I don't... I think it's just because of the weapons that are on here. Heavy flamers, uh, but I think that is true. Like assault cannon, uh, you know, those are probably minus one. Storm bolters are still they zero. Were. Heavy flamers still minus one. Yep. So, Miss- so the frag missile should still be zero. Crack mm-hmm. missiles, I think, were only minus two, but they were strength eight. This is strength nine. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so things- uh, yeah. <clears throat> um. I. So, Stephen, you got anything else? No, I was just gonna say when you said they they talked about the lethality going down. Um. Mm-hmm. I'm fine with that in general, um, but it sounds like they're also at the same time making things that are like very good at their job, like the the chain fist example, anti vehicle. Just like mm-hmm. oh, you have a monolith that's like toughness eighteen or whatever. You know, they sounded like yeah. crazy eleven or whatever. 
nah, I'm going to wound it on threes. Like, or whatever a great, no matter what, yeah. We call it like a mortal wound, not a mortal wound, but something weird. Critical wound, a critical wound, whatever that means. Um, so I like that idea. Like, cause they kept talking about like, you know, if you just spam blast cannons in eight and ninth, you just kill everything. Like everything is just good yeah. at everything. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now they did. I think one important thing to note, because I think you said, or you brought it up last episode, like the, uh, you know, are, do we think that last cannons, you know, sixes are still always going to hit yeah. based on this article? I think that is still true because yeah. for the critical wound, it's got the double asterisk <laughs> and the double asterisk. Just sorry. Another side note. There's at least two of these articles that highlight free download. So they're really trying to get, get that mm-hmm. out there and get their credit for that. But the critical wound, it says a guaranteed success normally achieved by rolling an unmodified six. Yeah. So yeah. It sounds like an unmodified six is still a guaranteed success. Um, which is, I just think, an important thing to note that wasn't like highlighted anywhere, but that is going to mm-hmm. continue. Yeah, I. So for me, everything we've seen, I'm super excited about the lethality going down. I that was one of the things I brought up. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember mm-hmm. way back in January. I was like, I, I just want the lethality to go down so that combat kind of has a, a back and forth and everything, rather than just like. Okay, I'm gonna nuke as much stuff my turn, so you can nuke as much stuff your turn, and we'll go from there. Um, I will say, uh, the two things that are kind of the big concerns for me, um, and, and I want to see how everything plays out because they'll they really should expand on this. So everything I said, take it with a grain of salt because, like, we don't know what it looks like, and, and you can't really judge a, an edition based off these previews. Um, uh, so three points about all this stuff. Uh, first, um, force org. Um, what my my initial reaction was: Why should anybody take troops anymore? And yes, yeah, okay. So they've got better objective control. Okay, cool. But you know how you contest an objective? <laughs> how to easily contest an objective? destroying the enemy who's contesting it and then putting your own guys on there. Like, don't worry about if like, and I'm Mike, I know you're about to react, but like with the whole Eldar guardian thing, like I don't need to take out, I don't need to take my own troops. I'm just going to take all the the terrifying things. And then if you try to contest an objective with troops, I'm just going to wipe them. And that's my version of objective control is I will put something on there after I've nuked everything else. Yeah, um, but you just said uh, we've talked about we're no longer nuking things off the board because things are less lethal or things are tougher. Yes, but the the other thing. Oh, so I, I have a point to make at the end of all this, right? So <laughs> Sorry. save that. That was save my that. like. Ugh. Yeah, so save that. So because I, I I hear you. Um, second thing, um, and well that then that goes that first thing is like the force work, right? Ever since. Mm-hmm. The earliest days, it's always been two troops in an HQ, three troops in an HQ, two troops in an HQ. And now we're kind of going away with that. I'm I'm interested to see because I kind of doom and gloomed Arcs of Omens and it really hasn't been that, that bad. And um, and so, like, you know, we'll let let's see how this plays out. Um, I am upset that sub factions seem to have just gone away. Um, and I like. I really, really liked sub-factions. I thought it put a lot of depth into books in terms of 
like even the mono kind of faction armies like death guard you how many different plague companies were there seven yeah seven seven so there were seven ways that you could tailor an army that played a little bit differently so mm-hmm. um and i like i get it because in the competitive scene it was like i there's one that is competitive and we are going to take that one and that's what's going to happen um but i also enjoyed the fact that a lot of after 6 months of everybody playing that one thing and playing the same build people throughout the edition really it seems have been trying to okay let's try out what can we do with these other ones like let's see if we can do any shenanigans and it allowed for it and like what you're not hearing with the world eaters right now and astra militarum is like astra militarum they gave the basic thing was really good and then they gave you some other stuff you could do if you wanted to try and be like diverse and like build a lore but everyone's like nah like the 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 basic one's just too good not to do and then with world leaders and right they don't they have a very small roster but you get two ways to play mm-hmm. you either take angron and you play one way or you take the other guy and you play another way and you basically it's that's that's the difference your warlord changes everything and a lot yeah. of people are saying uh and and from what people are you know passing down the rumor thing is those two codexes were made to brace people for the changes coming to 10th. So like, um, it just makes me sad because I, I liked it all, you know, we're also, and, um, then my, the last thing kind of going into the faction thing, very happy with the changes. I I'm streamlined. That's great. If you, the, one of the other things I'm kind of concerned about, is uh, if you notice on the Terminator data sheet, he, his key words, there is nothing about Space Marine or Adeptus Astartes. It's just Imperium. So the question uh, is... Faction on keywords, the right. Adeptus Astartes. On the right. It's oh, it does? Faction keywords, Adeptus okay. Astartes. Okay. Yeah. okay, I'm wrong. So I saw... Th- I well, didn't that see was, that. And so I just that saw... That was actually imperium. something I was going to tell you, though, because it says Adeptus Astartes. It doesn't say chapter in yep. parentheses. Yep. So it does kind of go towards your first point. Yep. And so, like, it just and and it kind of goes the like what Stephen was saying about he wants to see the codexes. I'd love to go back to the old style codexes where you had like a lore page for every single unit in the book and like all the different mm-hmm. characters and everything. I don't think we're going to see that. And one of the key and and it feels more and more like we're we're gearing more and more towards competitive people, which is fine. That's where the money is right now, right? Um, it's it's a little sad to see that lore stuff being put farther and farther back. And, like, the sub-faction thing is literally a result of not wanting, like, being able to take what is competitive no matter what you paint your stuff as. And what gave it away is when they talked about it, they said, we don't want anyone to be hampered by the way they painted their models, Right. Um, and so it felt very much like we want you to be able to paint whatever you do and, and take whatever you want. Um, so right now, from what I'm seeing, I, I just feel like we continuously are taking those lore grounding aspects of the game and moving them off to the side continuously to help streamline the game a little bit more. Um, 
And with that being said, one of the frustrating things, at least for me, right, is like Stephen is not part of the crowd that like took his Adeptus Mechanicus book and was like, I'm going to find the thing in here that was not meant to be, and I'm going to use it to dominate the tournament scene, which would happen, result with book changes, result with FAQs and everything like that, which results in bloat, right? If you like the stuff for the lore, you're not the one who's causing the thousand reprints and everything like that, or the, the FAQs and the updates and the, the switches and everything, because you're not fundamentally changing the game's intent, right? So we're streamlining a lot of this stuff and we're taking away some of those lore aspects to help the balance. But going into the point about like, oh, you're going to need troops because we're still not going to do the killiest things but somebody's going to find the army that doesn't need to take troops has the killiest things. And their whole point is to just eradicate you before then, which is going to once again, make the intent, which is to take some troops obsolete. And that's my, that's my big spiel. Um, and I hope <laughs> I'm not coming off as too just like, I, I, I know I come off as very anti-competitive and, and please don't think that's, it. I just want there to be kind of an equal amount of love. And maybe that's just the re like the retro in me kind of speaking towards <laughs> that. But um, I, I want to go play tournaments. I, I, you know, you enter the Thunderdome, you, you, you enter the Thunderdome, like you're signing up for a, a tournament. Right. Um, but like, that's, I, I feel like we're, we're losing flavor in lieu of gameplay. And that's kind of sad for me. Um, and so a lot of these changes I think are great. Uh, I don't, I'm not one of those guys who's like toughness, you know, when they rumored toughness, I think I was a little upset, but I wasn't really married to toughness. Right. Like, eh. um, but it's also I, still here. <laughs> yes. It's also still here. Um, but I, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have probably said anything if toughness had gone away. Um, but with this other stuff, like, I don't know, it just feels like we're moving farther and farther in that direction. And, um, I mean, for instance, Mike, a lot of people in the space Marine reddits who've been building Terminators lately, they didn't know that was a teleporter Homer that comes in the box. Yeah. That little like, thingy. Yeah. There's like eight posts about like, what is this thing? What is this? What is the purpose of this thing? And it was like, that used to be the thing that you could place down. And then you had to drops that like, there was bits of the lore in there. And I like, I don't know. Well, so, and there's I, my there's my to thing. Maybe to maybe give you some hope. <laughs> I think the nice thing about going back to Index Hammer is it gives them time because the competitive scene has scene has the rules to play, and free Index Hammer is real easy to FAQ <laughs> because you just update the PDF file. You know what I mean? Like that's a real easy thing to balance an FAQ, and maybe. Um, to look on the bright side, that means codexes are going to be like, instead of them being like 60% lore, 40% rule, or whatever, you know, the breakdown in pages is now, maybe they're going to be more like 90% lore because you have all the free rules. And I, you know, maybe they could, that could not be true. And this, the free rule thing may just be during Index Hammer. Um, but yeah, and, and they, on that, and note, they do have the vessel to do it. Yeah, no, so I, like, to be honest, what I would love to see is like, 
hey, let's do six months, like release the indexes, right? Six months uh, or like let like immediately hit the tournament, have people start playing and stuff. And then what I would say is don't, don't even start printing codexes like six to eight months after, right? Mm -hmm. Let it find out, run. Yep. <laughs> find out what's broken and what needs to be fixed and then make those big changes and stuff in your in-office stuff, see if it sticks and then start printing codexes and then just drop them all at the same time. Like I would love it. Yes. Like every month we get four codexes or something like that, like a codex a week, like and they're just all lore. crack. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. like you get your, you get your, you get your data cards in there and stuff like that. But maybe it's also, we go back to, um, like, I don't know. I don't know if you've ever seen an old codex. They used to have, um, painting tips for each of the armies, like stages. Yeah, no, I saw those. Um, the the Age of Sigmar did Age it. of Sigmar that way. Yeah. So I don't understand why we can't do some of that. Yeah. I'm hoping mm -hmm. to do that as well. Um, but I will say right now, uh, first of all, Mike, it's always refreshing to hear you talk about this stuff because you are such a positive person um, that it, uh, it's, by the, the way, sunshine in the darkness, <laughs> by the way, when he is the darkness, things are dark. We've, and I've been there with him before. It's not a, it's not a great time. Um, and, uh, and Steven, you're always get there to be kind of the straight man, um, who can see through so, my anger. Yeah. And I wanted to offer a rebuttal. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to offer a, a positive rebuttal. Um, so obviously we don't know what the, the like missions are going to look like. I think that'll tailor a lot of like what people are going to be bringing to games, Sort of like we saw with Arcs of Omen, like, oh, you can technically bring whatever you want, but if you can't play the mission well, then why would you take only uh, Gretchen? Tanks or whatever, yeah. <laughs> like, sure, it might be cool, but... So, okay, that's my that's my thought on that um, in terms of balancing. Um, so that remains to be seen. But then the other side of it is um, the lore. Like, you're talking about sub-factions going away. There are other ways for us to make like our guys feel the way they do. And I think that's what they're going to be doing is that instead of having all these sub factions and all that, you're going to be tailoring your guys and forging that narrative via the physical models that you bring, which I think is good because that's the closest best representation of what you want to do. So like you take crusade squads, if you want to be a black Templar player, you're not playing, you're not taking like, Phobos Marines, because like anyone can take Phobos Marines, but Black Templars can't take uh, can only take Crusader squads. So via army construction, you're going to be forging that narrative. And then I think what we'll see, and I you know I don't know, is the detachment rules um, for each like faction. Like if they make a Black Templar codex, or maybe it's not even a, they don't have a codex. In the worst case scenario, they have like they're part of the Space Marine codex but there's a detachment called like crusaders or like Holy crusade. And it's like very easy to like to mesh black Templars into that. Then that's how you forge that narrative along with the characters that you're also bringing along uh, in that force that are going to make it feel the way they're supposed to. Um, but, you know, I'm just spitballing. Um, that's my thinking of how they're going to keep like the lore going is that, yeah, they took away sub-factions, but it's going to be moved somewhere else in how you construct your army for you to still have that feeling of, you know, your guys on the battlefield. So, 
I don't know. That's just my two cents. Yeah, no. And, and to be fair, space Marines and chaos space Marines are really like really the two factions where people are really, really married to the sub factions. Yeah. Um, and not to, you know, say anything against like Tau Seps or Eldar craft worlds and stuff. And really I think craft worlds more so than anything, cause they've got a long lore, but eh, you don't see people nitpicking too much on the, the Xenos and the, the chaos side other than the space Marine legions um, and chapters and everything. So it's a very unique thing. Um, but to be honest, I, like I said, I, I moved away from space Marines now and especially with these changes, I'm, I'm, I'm happy. I'm, I'm not concerned at all. I'm literally just like, what models look cool? What do I want? Um, and what do I think will be fun to play? And that's what I'm doing right now, rather than trying to build like a super big narrative. And that's it's a little freeing for me right now, because it, as it appears to me, the game is not built to bring a narrative to the, to the, 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 the everyday play. Um, they also said they're bringing crusade. Um, I also, I think crusade gets a, this is just a shout out. I think crusade gets a bad rap because people keep talking about going to crusade events rather than just like doing crusade with their friends, which is how I think it yeah. was intended to be like, absolutely. I think that's very fair. Uh, so I think we all need to just give crusade a chance. Um, but yeah, with that being system, yes. great group system over like yes. a year. <laughs> yeah. So um, we're getting a little long in the tooth here, so we'll close out here. But first, real quick, Mike had something, and then I'll do my real quick thing. <laughs> hot off the press. Yeah. And not to drop a whole new thing, um, but hot off the press, we need to move to Northeast United States or Eastern Canada. What? But the Goonhammer, who is probably my favorite 40K internet content, yeah, uh, has created their own unified tournament circuit, and Ooh. I love it, and I want it. Is this, so, like, is this in part two? Like, is this, yeah, so is this a rebellion against the ITC? No, so very specifically, I was just looking at the FAQ, because I just got like a Reddit alert, and it said, like, Goonhammer announces UTC, and I'm like, what? And I'm looking at it, and so very specifically, the first question in the FAQ, is this a competitor to the uh, FLG ITC? And the answer is no, it is separate. Um, they're not going to make tournament organizers decide, does my event need to be an ITC event or a UTC event? A UTC event will still submit all of the scores to ITC. But uh, okay. for those people participating in the UTC, it just has a separate, a diff, essentially a third backer. Because the ITC is backed by FLG, Frontline Gaming, um, and Games Workshop. The UTC will have both of those still, and now they will also have Goonham, hmm, which okay. is not nearly as big of an organization as either of the other two. Well, but so they're kind of just adding their own take on it. They're not competing. Interesting. I, the, the only reason I got According like, to all, this like dramatic, well, because uh, I don't know if you've been noticing that there have been a lot of from FLG. They used to have like six shows on their on like FLGN mm -hmm. on on the, their podcast and now they're down to like one yeah. and a half and people keep talking about how like it's like oh this person's no longer with us and we you know it's amicable and stuff so i and and like to be i don't know if anyone's paid attention but there's literally like 45 people who essentially control warhammer outside of G, gw um yeah. most of them are, there's, there's my, my gaming 
<laughs> yeah, most of them, like they all, everybody who's a big name in 40K, like they're literally all friends. Um, and yeah. they all know each other and stuff. Same with they all of the winners, by the way. Yeah. No, they all work. They're all part of Goonhammer. <laughs> or, or, no, um, or Art of War. Uh, Art of War. Yeah. It's literally like yeah. two different that Art of know, War are here's, the good ones. Goonhammer are the fun ones. <laughs> here's next, next time we'll do a, we'll do a Joe Rogan podcast where we just talk about how, <laughs> look, man, you got to open your eyes. Um, <laughs> by the way, um, I listened to all his episodes about Atlantis and they are fantastic. So I don't know what else he talks about on that show and I don't really care, but the ones about other Atlantis, things you didn't think you were going to get on this podcast, Joe Rogan recommendations <laughs> Yeah, for Atlantis. I don't, once again, I can't say anything about it as other stuff. And, uh, from what I know is not a grand person. Um, <laughs> but I'm all about anything about Atlantis. So. Hit me up on if you got questions about the lost city and where its whereabouts. But um, so to close us out today, um, Stephen, what is going to be your tenth edition army? You know, I was actually just mulling it over today. I still haven't made a decision. <laughs> but, <laughs> we'll come back to you in five seconds, Mike. I, what's I, going to be your tenth edition forty k army? So we talked about this. <laughs> nope. No, we didn't. Not on this podcast. <laughs> No, he didn't. But what I'm trying to say is that conversation didn't help me actually settle on anything. I can't decide. I, All right. So you get 10 more seconds. <laughs> you get 10 more seconds. All right, everybody. I'll be taking Tau as my 10th edition army. And I've said it close to the mic, so now it's official. Now, Stephen, back to you. What's your 10th fish. edition army? Official. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. But I want to, like, shop around. So I have my Necrons. <laughs> his options the first game i'll play will probably be, be will probably be necrons because they're all ready to go but i think i want to paint some orcs so oh, okay i think i'll be working i fully on support them. this because i have you can you like first game first game of ninth edition you should just bring a stampa <laughs> just be like I <laughs> oh, I already I I'm looking at it in my cabinet right now. I think he needs a new paint job. It's just going to be a stampa, a boss head battle bunker, and the shock attack gun. And that's going to be my army, just for funsies. Just for funsies. <laughs> um, so orcs. You think orcs are going to be your tenth edition army? We'll see. It's a horde army, and I'm a glutton for punishment, so it seems about right. <laughs> That's fair. So the stars align. Okay, stars, okay. Stars are if orcs don't work out, what what do you what do you take? Necrons or Adeptus Mechanicus? Oh, I mean, to work on uh, Adeptus Mechanicus uh, and mm -hmm. to play with, but like, like, like I said, I can just play games with Necrons right away. So okay, that's fair. I'm not going to probably right. expand on them. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. So we'll we'll, we'll go ahead. And we'll get we'll get you down for Necrons. Um, all right, Mike. And gal. First and true love Death Guard. Okay. But the one that will get added to, and like, I'm just going to go play Death Guard. But what I will add to, as far as my other like two and a half armies I have on the shelf, Thousand Sons? Ooh, he said it. Magic Mode. Play army. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah. You could say I some magic is have... gathering. All, all Zangors. Yeah. Oh. Nothing else. Oops, all Zangors. 
but then that's not thousand suns. That's just it's thousands, <laughs> thousands of braids. Yeah. yeah, thousands of I, something. Uh, someone's sons. Yeah, I, the only reason I hesitate is if I'm being honest. Uh, that paint job like terrifies me. So hey, it's, it's, it's not the mirror match against Matthew. You got hooves. You got blue people. It's, you're good to go. <laughs> But are there people, <laughs> or well, is it just like dust? All is dust. <laughs> all is dust. Um, also, like are like all of the sorcerer models terrify me. The little paper scrolls and everything, like they're terrifying. But I think it'd be a lot of fun to play one of the like super psychic armies over Black Legion. And I don't. And while World Eaters of the three options that are Death Guard is probably my number one choice, uh, financially, emotionally. Uh, I'm not <laughs> yeah. ready for that. So. You know what you should do, Mike, is you just need to base them all like brown, and then buy some brown pigment powder, and they'd be like, "Yeah, all is dust. They just <laughs> dust. It's, it's just dust. The outside is dust. The inside all, is dust. Everything's all dust. dust. It's all dust. Um, and yeah, so I'll I'll probably end up. Um, I want to focus on Tau um, because I, there's not I, a lot. Of... I wish I could go back in time and tell Matthew that he's going to be a Tau player. <laughs> Like from um, last year. I wish I could go back and tell Reed he didn't beat you hard enough. <laughs> I want to become the evil that beat me so much. Um, okay, maybe that's the problem. <laughs> he beat you so hard. <laughs> you only live long enough to see yourself, see yourself become, become the villain. villain. Yep. Um, no, uh, so, so honestly, it was a. To- I was talking to guys before. This. It was a toss-up between Votan and Tau. Um, and... My area has a lot of 40k players, and they do tournaments all the time. And there is a huge amount of Votan fans here. So, like every tournament, you've got three or four Votan. And while it's it's a big community, there isn't a lot of slots. I think like the most they can fit is like 20 people in a game. So when you're when you're already like essentially one fourth of your population is a single faction. Um, so I I literally asked a guy who plays in tournaments in all the different shops, and he's like, "These are the ones I never see." Um, I'll tell you guys the demographic later and I think you'll think it's funny. Um, but anyway, so Tau it is, um, I'm about to make a purchase, um, and we'll go from there. But anyways, that is our show. We have been the scattered guys talking about scattered dice and a whole bunch of other stuff. Uh, we hope you have enjoyed it. Um, please remember to like us on all our different things and we'll be back in a couple weeks. Our timing is probably going to be off just so y'all know, because we're trying out some new stuff. We're all very busy and we're still looking for Curtis, which takes up a lot of time. Um, so with that being said, I've been Matt. These have been my buds and we are out. Y'all have a good one. Bye. 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 <laughs> <laughs>